Hello everyone, my name is Beryl and welcome to my podcast, Creative Force. If this is your first time listening, it is good to have you with us. For everyone else, I'd like to welcome you back. I'm here to bring you creative people in all genres of art, crafts, culture, and and information about topics of interest. All of these things begin with the force of creativity. If you enjoy listening to Creative Force, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. All right, so. Hello and welcome back to Creative Force with your host, Beryl. I'm here today with Gordon Gatherer. Gordon Gatherer is a Brooklynite. He's also multi-talented. He's a playwright, an actor, composer, singer, youth program director, developer with a passion and uplifting spirit to make learning and activities fun to inspire children. So let's welcome Gordon. Hi, Gordon. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you. Hi. That's good. I'm so happy to have you here with us. You're actually here today mostly to talk about your book. So he's also an author. So with that in mind, uh, Gordon, tell me, what is the title of your book? Okay. And and what, what is the title of your book and what was your inspiration to write it? Okay, the title of the book is called Diplomacy, Cause and Effect, The Art of Communication. And basically it's a book based on my thoughts and theories and uh, experiences of my uh, time in creative arts, my travels around the world, meeting different people, being involved in many, many projects and programs with children and adults uh, throughout the United States and throughout Europe. Okay, so when you said that you are an artist, are you a visual artist? No, more of a creative artist, more okay. of an actor, singer, entertainer. All right, all of the things that yes. I aforementioned. Yes. Okay, yes. fine. <laughs> all right, so, um, and where were some of the places that you traveled? Well, I was, I was uh, in Germany, Austria, Poland, uh, Sweden, Russia, Moscow, uh, Azerbaijan, Afghanistan. Um, Very nice. Italy, yeah. Okay. Around, cool, yeah. Cool. <laughs> so, um, with your travels, what was the purpose for your travels? Was it just as uh, tourism or what? Well, actually in 2000, I was asked by two very special people, which I'm gonna give a shout out to, Vincent and Jennifer Miller. They uh, asked me to come and join them on a gospel tour to Germany. And well, you know, I'm not really much of a gospel singer, but you know, they said, well, you have a good energy. and uh, So I went along with them and we did a three month tour and we went to different churches with this gospel play. And that's how I sort of gotten involved in the European process. And one day by accident, I went into a bowling alley and sang happy birthday to a girl, you know, just by chance. And they liked it so much, they said, well, sing another song and knock my bitch and knock my bitch. You know, and before I was there an hour and a half, the order offered me a job. <laughs> wow. And I left everything, went back to Germany and was been there for about the last 18 years. Very nice. So when did you come back to the United States? I came back uh, in, ninth, in um, 2016 was my final return. All right, and you've been here ever since? Yes. Okay. So 
in reference to your book, uh, when when was it when was it published? When did it come out? Well, the book is published on on May thirteenth, and actually I'm doing some revisions and some of this year. Yes, of this okay. year. Yes, I'm doing some revisions. And if you rewrite, I'm going to republish it again in about a week or so. Okay. So um, um, if you want to, you can go on Amazon and pre-order it okay. if you like. All right, great. So mm. so everyone will know. But yes, we'll, we'll restate that at, again at the end of the program. Okay. Okay. So now let's talk about your book. Okay. <laughs> so diplomacy. Now, um, diplomacy, if you look in the dictionary, uh, diplomacy says the art of negotiation. Okay, it's very simple between two people, two businesses, even even two nations. But from in my opinion, I think there are many more elements that are involved in establishing a, a, a strong level of diplomacy. It's not just a negotiation; it's a communication. Um, how you speak with people, um, words, the power of words, and how you choose words, what you say, how you say it, the, the way you feel when you say it. Information, you know, understanding what you're discussing, right. you know, and people doing the research and having questions and answers and opinions and decisions on how you feel about the situation, right. you know, and, and not not criticisms but opinions, and you know, be firm and honest about your approach to issues, how you and, feel. And this is important in every aspect of a person's life, sure. Whether it's at their workplace or with their spouse or with a friend, or any number of um, situations. Sure. It's, it's extremely important to master the skill of diplomacy. Absolutely. Um, I see, I kind of raised the question in my mind, is, can diplomacy be taught, or is it sort of like a gift? Now, I feel diplomacy is, is you know, it's, it's a gift, but it, it can be taught, but it's not really something that you can teach. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be trained in diplomacy. Right. But again, this is all my opinion. Mm-hmm. I believe that true diplomacy comes from a, a spiritual place, a heart. You have to have a certain heart about things. You have to have a certain feeling about about people, about situations. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think true diplomacy is because if you're too opinionated or too one-sided about something, you cannot allow the art of communication to exist. Right. You know, And a lot of times people will always react to something before they... Listen, even he, even even hear it, right. you know. And I think that's called an argument. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can say this. I've seen so many arguments and been involved in many of them where they were really, to be honest with you, unnecessary. Right. You know, they just because people were not uh, willing to engage in conversation. You know? Absolutely, and it's important to do research, if, especially if it's a situation where you have the ability or I, it, it might even be called a gift to partake in a, a, a dip, diplomatic situation. Absolutely. You know, um, I know it, ha- it has happened to me at, in the workplace where it's like a, I'm a very good listener. I think that's another very important part of diplomacy yes. is the ability to not hear but listen. Absolutely. And... I was in a situation many times between two two management groups, and both of them, it seemed like they both wanted something different, but when you really looked at it, they needed the same thing done, but they just needed to be able to understand the terms in, in order to get it done, and both their desires 
were met for the most part. Mm. You know, there's mm. some give and take as, as in anything in life. Sure. But sure. So um, let's continue with the chapters and verse of your book. Okay, so basically um, the first chapter just entails, like we, like we said, some basic elements which I feel are necessary to develop a strong diplomacy. The second chapter, I uh, call it words, conversational ammunition, weapon, weapons of wisdom. And in my opinion, words are like little hand grenades, you know, and people sometimes toss them out so nonchalantly without realizing the effect that these words have mm-hmm. on people, on yourself, and on situations. I mean, you can say the wrong word and completely destroy a situation and have it go from good to almost, almost, uh, 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 I don't know, what's the word? Explosive. <laughs> Explosive, yes, exactly. You know, simply because of the choice of words, not understanding the relationship to words and the, mm-hmm. the real ultimate power that these words, That's the right. words have. That's right. Um, two things. One, I guess we could use as a good example <clears throat> our... Um, Presidential number 45 in terms of the power of the spoken word and how it can be taken the wrong way to cause negative effects. Absolutely. So, and secondly, when I was young, there was a book that I read called The Power of the Spoken Word, and it it states how important it is to realize what comes out of your mouth. Stop and think first before you let certain things become verbalized. Absolutely. Okay? Blah, blah, blah. All right, give me one minute. (coughs) Okay. Okay, so now I'm going to briefly speak about um, the chapter on words. Um, Let's say, for example, somebody walked up to you in the street and came right up to your face and looked you in the eyes and said, love. Now, more than likely, you would probably smile and react, right? Mm-hmm. And, yes. You know, you'd be a little bit shocked at this person, but it would be a warm thing. Now, let's say that same person came up to you, looked you in the eyes, and said, stupid. So now your reaction might be completely different. Absolutely. You see? You <laughs> see? So it just shows you how this, the, the words in their simplicity, how powerful they really are. Mm-hmm. So imagine when you can articulate these words properly and in situations. Now, I, I have what's called, uh, what I call trigger words. Mm-hmm. And these are words that I believe cause like an instant reaction to people. Words right. like murder, uh, gun, Jesus, slavery, pain, taxes, baby, wedding. Death. See, so these words that, when you hear them, you know, nine out of ten times, you will have an immediate reaction to these words, mm-hmm. and that's why I call them trigger words. Right. See, so um, I like to, so I, I would like to just put out there to everybody to try to see if you can take, well, take some trigger words and put them in a sentence. Mm-hmm. See if you can express yourself through these trigger words. Right. You know, and I have a list of them in my book, so I guess when you when you purchase the book. Please, I'd like to encourage people to look at these words mm-hmm. and try to see if you can put these words in a, in a sentence to express your feeling about something. Individual words or a, a combination of words? A combination of words, yes, okay. in a sentence. So let's just, let's just do two or three of them. Okay. So let's say, mm, okay, marriage is great. My wife 
and I have a baby, but the taxes are killing me. Okay, so but what were the three words? Marriage, wife, baby, and taxes. Okay, all right. Yeah. All yeah. right, interesting. Yeah, so it's like mm-hmm. a little game type. Okay. Um, now, also, I like to also recommend these couple of exercises. Try to find a word that you find that you feel represents your feeling, like a favorite word, mm-hmm. and make it your trademark. For example, right. for example, my word is engage. I, mm-hmm. I love that word. I use that word all the time mm-hmm. because to me, engage means to you know, to attack something, to address it, to face something. It's a strong, powerful word. Right. It means you know, to, you know, to confront to. So I like that word. I use it a lot to express how I feel about you know, engaging in things. Sure. And also try to find a, a word that can express your negative feelings. Let's say instead of cursing, you know, try to find a word, a replacement word. Like now, my, my word is manja. Mm-hmm. So whenever I want to say, when I get mad, I just say manja. Uh-huh. You see, so in manja, and that <coughs> takes away from having to use this profanity and use slang. It also kind of brings you down a little bit and, and, and helps you to, to improve your your vocabulary, because a lot right. of times you know you can't say certain words certain places, but manja you can say anywhere. Nobody's gonna know what manja really means or mm-hmm. whatever. You find a word, like shut know. the yeah, front like, door. Yeah, so, well, <laughs> I I actually created something called stiff. <coughs> it's called stiffu. Uh-huh. That's my so that's the name stiffu. So <laughs> if you met somebody or you get in the party, say oh stiffu. Yeah yeah yeah. You know? Okay. And people so stiffu. What does stiffu mean? That's French. And if they go home and think about what stiffu means. And I like to everybody who's listening to think about <laughs> what I mean when I say stiffle, you know, and just yeah. S T and you. I, I know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah, so. I've seen that used in um, Facebook. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Like, again, so these are things that I believe can help you to kind of eliminate some of your stress and anger, and not to always react negatively to things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, sometimes, yes. sometimes you can even make a an angry person laugh if you say the right word, or mm-hmm. you can. I, I would, you can get out of a tough situation, you know. Well, I used to make a lot of people laugh when I was young. Because really? I didn't <laughs> want to fight, so I'd have them crack uh, up instead. <laughs> you know, it helped a lot, you know, and, and uh, when I was uh, a preteen. Well, see, that's using diplomacy <laughs> in its best. <laughs> At a very young age. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So you're aware of that. It's great, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, I've always been a, I've always been fascinated with the human experience. I think I've had... I'm 60 years old right now, and I've traveled around a lot. I've been through a lot of things, but I, I've engaged in many situations with people, mm-hmm. directing shows and working with things, working with people. Right. So I've had a chance to see many types of human interactions, many types of relationships, right. many scenarios, and I'm always fascinated by the human experience, the right. art of communication, because it's a powerful force. Well, I, 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 I read that <clears throat> you've done a lot of work with children. Um, I think I would like to see this maybe used in the public school system in some way? Well, I, I think so. You know, um, I'll give you a small story. I was uh, working with a group of kids, three and five-year-old kids, and there were two girls in the class that had a problem with each other. Mm-hmm. And we were doing a play, funny, about bullying. Right. You know, So it wasn't such a big deal, but after a while I started to notice it, and then it became a little bit more you know, involved where the class started to see this. It was becoming a problem. So what I did was I casted these two girls in this play. I made one girl the bully and one girl the victim. Nice. Yeah. Interesting. And, see, and that, to me, that was one of my proudest <laughs> moments because what happens is at the end they wound up being friends. Right. But right. they had to go through this situation and deal with this. I think it was a, it was a powerful lesson that these kids learned, you know. Right. And it was just so, so I was just really happy that I was able to 
to, to, to confront this you know, yes. and bring this over. Again, I think this is how you can use diplomacy in a positive way. You're yeah. absolutely right. Because I just had that discussion recently. This weekend, I'm doing a podcast with um, my um, two grandchildren, a boy and a girl, different ages. <laughs> and we discussed bullying in light of the shootings that have taken place in, in a lot of our schools where I feel that some of the problem may be the way those uh, young people were bullied. Of course. You know, or just ignored in their school environment that I think if something like this was um, brought to the schools and used um, as a way of dealing with bullies and, you know, maybe even bringing out something in the children who are extremely shy or whatever, who um, is almost through innate um, ig ignoring that they're bullied as opposed to being called names or being made fun of. Exactly. You know, because if you ignore someone, if you act like they're invisible and don't exist, to me that is just as much a form of bullying, you know, um, as, as other ways. But let's 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 continue on to this very interesting concept of your book. Okay, so I'd like to move on to another chapter, which I call the, the uh, diplomacy test. Okay. Okay, and I I put together a series of scenarios and situations. Uh huh. And again, it's not a pass or fail test or right or wrong answer. Mm -hmm. And I, I want to say on the record right now that. Everything that's written in my book is not is only based on my theory and my philosophy. It's not about me thinking, thinking that I'm correct or trying to influence or manipulate people to follow my suggestions or right. rules. It's just uh, situations that I've seen that I've felt that I hope that I can bring out to people and maybe they can see something in their own lives and maybe do something to help improve or be more positive um, force. Right, I understand. Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Let's say, um, give me an example. Um, you're invited to a, a small gathering by a friend, okay? And you enter the room, there are many people in, around, you know? And suddenly, a small group of people is, you know, engage you. <laughs> I say four to five people. Mm -hmm. Now, suddenly, your friend has to step away. So now you're left here alone with these four or five strange people that you don't know. Right. So my, my thing is, what's the next step? So I say, A. You introduce yourself and start a conversation. B, you stand there quietly until someone makes the first move. C, start talking about yourself and who you are. And D, excuse yourself and leave the group. Okay, so I also try to give a little bit of an analysis. So, mm -hmm. so my analysis, if you picked A, in my opinion, I feel that you have a very solid confidence in yourself and you're not afraid to engage people or situations that are new to you. So, you know, so you're very confident and willing to engage. Right. If you pick B, then you're a little bit shy and maybe not 100% comfortable with new situations, which is understandable. Mm -hmm. You know, because sometimes not everybody is ready to just jump in and make the first move. If you pick C, C could be construed as a little bit too overconfident because if you don't know somebody and you start to jump and start talking about yourself and what you've been doing, now you may maybe you feel you think you're trying to kind of cover something or kind of, you know, maybe maybe a mask and insecurity, but mm -hmm. on the outside, it looks doesn't look good. It looks like you're being a little bit too too vain and too self centered. Narcissistic. Narcissistic, Narcissistic. Yes, and you yeah. may not you may not mean that. Mm -hmm. Just might be just you know just your innocence. But again, right. you have to look at 
how what words are, the image, what what you project, how you, how you say things, how things are interpreted. Right. So and maybe a person's just nervous and wants to just jump jump the gun and get the first start of conversation before right. somebody catches them and says something yes. they can't respond but to. But there are people that only talk about themselves. Sure. And that's sure. like, oh sure. Lord, here yeah. he comes or here she comes. Here she comes, again. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've met well, unfortunate people like that in my life. And if you pick D, well, that's a little bit, I think you're not really not ready or interested to be engaging situations, you know, and I don't want to say that's a, a problem, but again, it just it clearly states that you're not comfortable. Right, with and it's something that you probably need to work on. Exactly. You know, yeah. in, in terms of this, um, it's kind of interesting because when I was in my early 20s, I worked as a school teacher and, um, I had to change from that to working in corporate America for a lot of different reasons. Mm -hmm. And um, the company that I worked for was a publishing company and they were they had very social events. And one of the social events was having to go to a dinner party in the publisher's um, apartment, which is like really a house because it was right off Central Park, you know, east. And it was a lot of people, and people were, you know, drinking cocktails. So you had this, you know, not sitting down eating. And coming from an educator's, you know, situation and moving into corporate America now, I had to talk to a bunch of friends and ask them, oh, what do I talk about? What do I say? How do I act? What is, you know, right. they, there should maybe even be a school of etiquette or something for that type of situation because you don't know if you've never had that experience. Absolutely. Like my family were blue collar workers, so we did not have dinner parties. You know, <laughs> you sat down and you ate. There was conversation at dinner, sure. but I had to learn. And what I did was I watched and listened to other people and see what they talked about and how they acted. And then I was able to mimic that, you know, with being myself and felt very comfortable from then on. See, that's, that's very good because a lot of times simply listening, you know, is, is enough because by listening you can find out everything you need to know about right. people and situations, you know. Right. You see, because when you talk, think, think of yourself when you – Think of talking as like spending money or giving away ammo. Mm -hmm. Every time you say something, you're giving off energy. Right. You're allowing things to come out of your mouth. So right. the more you give, the more energy is going out. So you should be kind of concerned about the kind of energy that you give out and what you say and try to hold back and take more energy in. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, interestingly enough, I sort of realized that most people really weren't talking about anything. You know, there wasn't any serious conversation. It was very light. Yeah. It was about, oh, well, did you see that um, show on Channel 13 or, you know, about this, that, or the other? Well, what did you think about that? Sure. But it was always very, very light, nothing heavy, nothing political, nothing too serious, and keep it moving. And, right. and, you, and you're okay. Sure. <laughs> sure. And, see, and you see, like, the basic thing is, is the engagement. Right. It's not so much um, what you're saying, but it's just the fact that you're communicating. So that's why I say it's important to just understand yourself. Right. Know what you know. That's right. And what you don't know, 
keep your mouth shut. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and just try to engage. I mean, engage, but be ready to engage. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be a rocket scientist, right? But you can be honest and real, and just you know, engage, but be strong with it right. and be truthful and honest with and, it. And and also listen to what the other person is saying, and that shows that you have respect for them as a person and um, what they're saying. So, you know, give yourself that 10-second window, you know, to listen to what someone's saying because they may they may say something to you and you may not necessarily have to even respond. Right. Sometimes a nod or, mm-hmm. or, 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 or yeses, but sometimes people will talk before the sentence is even finished. They're yak, yak, yak. I, I'll give you an example. I I had a discussion with somebody and I was actually trying to agree with them and even trying to excuse myself for maybe if I was a little I might have misunderstood but this person was just so off the handle she was like agree to what what, 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 do, you, what do you mean agree agree to what right <laughs> uh huh you know I mean did you just hear what I said so you see the person was so lost in that that she didn't even hear what right. was being said that's right and it's you know, sort of on a, she was on a defensive note. And I'm telling you, I mean, this is very dangerous because, you know, people really need to understand the importance of holding on to your situation, not overreacting to things. Exactly. Because you can really just destroy situations that intentionally can be quite good. Mm-hmm. And then you, you, and then it's just a shame because you, you wind up in this misery and don't know what's going on, but something that you have created because you just didn't take the time right. to understand the art of communication. You know, just to give yourself that window to hear what's being said and... Well, hopefully they'll get your book. And then (laughs) perhaps have a little bit more insight into this art. I mean, it's it's like like the the man goes and gets a book about how to um, avoid arguments, you know, brings Mm -hmm. it home to his wife, and then they have an argument. That's right. I mean, (laughs) it's the same kind of Uh situation. Exactly. Again, I mean, there's countless scenarios that we get involved in as human beings on a daily basis. By accident, sometimes on purpose, mm-hmm. passing the street. Sometimes you connect with somebody in the blink of an eye, and you can have a moment with someone. And so, again, life is, has so many different levels. Right. So many levels, and, and it's impossible to understand them all. Mm-hmm. But I think it's quite fascinating to engage these levels and try to understand how, how to really uh, grasp this communication skill we have and make the best of it, utilize it to, to learn. And every time you talk with somebody, we should be on the lookout to learn something. Mm-hmm. And then we should all always be sharing information with each other and not attacking each other That's and right. trying to... Give and take. You know, give and take. And sometimes people get mad. They start arguing. They start attacking your character and chopping you up like, hey, hey, wait a minute. Oh, wait. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> like, <"Whoa, laughs> take it whoa. easy. We're getting off the subject. <laughs> I mean, we can have an argument with somebody, <laughs> but there's no need to destroy my character That's in right. the process. That's right. That's and these right. are the things that that people... you know. I'll give, a, okay, I'll give you an example. There's another, I'm jumping a little bit ahead now. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a story um, in my last chapter called Confuse and Diffuse. And uh, it's a story about how I have used diplomacy to deal with situations on the true stories. And mm-hmm. this first thing, I was on the public subway. And I was sitting, um, I was standing, and it was very crowded. There was a bag that I had on the floor. So here comes this guy. He walks over, and he's you know, forcing his way to get in position to leave the train. I can see he had a little bit unsavory character. Mm-hmm. So he looks at me, he looks at the bag, and he says, yo, you want to you wanna move your bleep, 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 bleep bag? Mm-hmm. So the uh, train was loud, you know. So at first, you know, I heard it, to, and I said, oh, you know, <laughs> let me just hold back because the train was loud, and I didn't want to say because maybe he didn't say what he said. So I want to make sure before I engage <laughs> that I'm correct, and I've always been kind of like skilled in that. So I, I said, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. 
And he said, I said it again. Mm-hmm. So the train was still loud. I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear you. So he wound up saying it again. And what happens is I sort of caught him, and then he started repeating himself, and he said it about maybe seven or eight times. You know, so after the fourth or fifth time, some people started to notice it, and he started to laugh because he was screaming at the top of his lungs. <laughs> he said, get that. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. That's right. I, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. And after the seventh or eighth time, you know, <laughs> and then the train opened up, he walked out. I got a little applause from the crowd. You right, know, because right. They thought you handled it quite well. Exactly, you know. And I'm wondering if this guy ever realized how stupid he was That's right. screaming like this. But again, see, this is a, a, a trick that you can do. Because mm-hmm. how many times have you seen fights on the trains about the people getting into the argument? Right. Just, you know. Over the most ridiculous thing. things. So try, and try to use diplomacy because now I was able to make a joke and, and diffuse it, mm-hmm. you know, and we both walk away to mm-hmm. live another day. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I have this. I hear you. <laughs> no, you need that especially today. Sure, sure. So um, one of the other chapters is um, Rules of Engagement. Yes. And you want to... Okay, yes. Well, yeah, Rules of Engagement are basically... Uh, talk about how uh, in relationships how we tend to uh, misrepresent and misunderstand ourselves in communication. Um, we, we take things too seriously, we get too defensive, or, or we, uh, we don't uh, speak about things in a proper sense. I'll, I wrote a scenario, and I'll just, if I can, have, if sure, I, can I can absolutely. tell you. Okay, um, so the scenario is this, and I'd like for everybody to li- who's listening to see this scenario and see how you would interpret it. A man and a woman go out um, on a, a date, and they're with other friends, okay, and they're sitting down, and, you know, they're talking and doing a little, all this. So some days later, uh, the woman goes out, and the man is home. He's in a good mood. He's working. He's doing some things. And the woman comes home. So now she comes home, sees this man's in a very good mood. She's mm-hmm. a good fan. And then she says, uh, well, listen, uh, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything, you know. I don't want to start any drama, which is really already the stupidest thing you say because you already started the drama by even yeah. saying it. Mm-hmm. So she said, "Well, your friend has a problem with me," you know. And, and the guy said, "Well, what do you mean, friend problem?" Well, last week, I saw him and a friend laughing and looking in my direction, mm-hmm. you know. And he said, "Well," she said, "Well, what do you mean looking in my direction?" I mean, so what did they say? Well, I don't know what they said, but they were looking in my direction. They were laughing. I said, "Well, how do you know they were laughing?" He said, well, because I saw him looking in my direction. I said, well, I tell you what, let me call him and ask him, you know, if that was true. And she said, well, no, I, I don't want you to do that. And the man said, well, what, what do you want me to do? Right. You know, well, I don't know, but it's just that these guys were, were looking at me laughing. So now what's wrong with this picture here? Mm-hmm. For, for me, I see that, first of all, the guy was in a good mood. And here comes this person to, to, like, to completely destroy the whole, uh, you know, energy of this mood. Right. With a story that happened a week ago. Right. You see, so now you've had a whole week to fester this situation in your head. Mm-hmm. You know, when you should have addressed it immediately when it did happen, if and when it did happen. Right. You know, the third the third mistake was to say, well, I don't want to say anything in Johnny Drama. So now what you've done is you've sort of unconsciously created a, a very negative seed between right. this man and his friend. Right. So what does he do now? Go to his friend and say, hey, listen, you know, uh, my girl said you were talking about her last week. And, and laughing. And laughing. And then he's <laughs> like, well, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're good buddies, they're going to laugh at all. But right. he said, well, what are you talking about? So now the guy is thinking, is he, is he telling me the truth mm-hmm. or what? You know. And so now, so what happens when these two people see each other again? Now the friend has now developed a negative attitude toward this woman for saying something about right. the situation. Right. So you can see how this 
this collaterally damaging this whole scenario was and what was the purpose of it exactly what was the purpose of it but yes. no but nothing yeah you know and that's simply because people are just don't 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 um engage right in conversations in a proper way they take things and just uh, react according to how they see it how they feel mm-hmm. and, and not really engaging the situation and looking at the whole the guy was in a good mood you know right and you came home and you just you just totally and who's to say that they were number one laughing and talking about her it could have been about (laughs) anything or anyone yeah but then again it's like you it's that's a matter of to me self-importance like what makes you think that you are that important that the world and everyone revolves around you? It's like it's your world and everyone else is just in it. Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. you know, mentality. Yeah. And, and it's not a crime to be that way. And we're not saying that a person who's like that is a bad person. It's just trying to recognize how you can be a little bit more articulate and the way you address things right. and still get your point it's across. An it's, it's an, an issue. issue really. it's, it's an issue. It's an issue. Exactly. You know? yeah. I, I, unfortunately, I think everyone knows or know about folks that are like that. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for things like, you know, can you can you keep a secret? Things like that. Right. Listen, no, no, I can't keep a secret. Oh no, I can't. And, and but you know, some <laughs> no, I say I can't and leave it at that because I, I don't want I don't want to be involved in the situation. So I said no, I can't say. So don't tell me what you want to tell me. I don't want to know. Leave me out of it. You know when when folks give um, surprise parties or whatever, mm-hmm. and you try and pick someone that you tell a secret to about it because you know they're gonna broadcast it all over. Well, if that's the case, I am so not the one. Because when you tell me a secret, as in the Seinfeld episodes, but it's for it's, real it's with me, viral. it's in the vault. No, it's in the vault. Oh, okay. It never comes out of my mouth. So if you're relying on me to get people to your party because it's a surprise, uh, rude awakening. Nobody yeah. will be there but me. <laughs> well, see, that's a good way. That's that's fine. I, I can appreciate that. But it's it's the things that are not that you don't want people to say that mm-hmm. you have to find out who I can trust. But the point is, you know, things like that. You know, those those are like setup questions. You know, you don't yes, tell. Absolutely. You know, hey, you can can you trust me? Right. You know, if I if I if I can trust you, I wouldn't have to ask if I can trust you. That's right. You You're know, right. so you have to look at these look at mm-hmm. words what's being said. Mm-hmm. Think mm-hmm. of yourself as a general, and your words are the army. Right. You know, all your words are, are weapons that you can use mm-hmm. to, to move your mm-hmm. force forward. Mm-hmm. So be be strategic and right. think about how you want to strategize yourself and how you want to engage yourself and navigate through life. Mm-hmm. Because many times people are not going to tell you. Uh, right. What you need to hear, right. they'll just those those listen and say okay, and you'll walk away, and then the person say you know forget it, no, mm-hmm. don't don't work with him, don't hire him, don't whatever it is, right? They need to say because you left a terrible impression, and sometimes we're not even realizing. And you never know, you never and know. you never know who knows who or who witnessed what in yeah. reference to yeah. your behavior. You never yeah. know. So um, with that said. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with us about your book right now? Mm, well, basically, I've just covered some aspects of it, but I would like to for the readers to kind of get their own interpretation. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of 
I think there's a lot of good information in this book, a lot of exercises they can do, and I think uh, the chapter on Confusing the Fuse you'll find interesting because these were true stories of my experiences and how I've been able to use diplomacy to, to make a, a very uh, significant effect. Mm-hmm. One story uh, even uh, it even sort of uh, depicts diplomacy as something that actually saved my life. Mm-hmm. One time, I ran across a very hard situation, right? And uh, I happened to use diplomacy, mm-hmm. and I believe that because I was able to do that and think clearly, my life was saved. Wow. Well, uh, you know, as I said, <clears throat> I think it's a book that could also be used as a tool by educators, you know, in terms of working with children or counselors who are working with a child or a group of children that they could use a lot of these techniques to educate and teach young people. So I don't think it's just for adults, but I think it's also for adults to use with, um, again, children or teens or young adults. Exactly. You know, um, so with that also said, I wanted to ask you, how long did it take you to write this book? Well, well, if you think about the research that it took me, uh-huh. it, it, that's all, most of my life since right. I was a child. Okay. Yeah, I've uh-huh. had some situations that I've been engaged in since when I was three and four years old. Mm-hmm. I can remember situations I've been in where I've had engaged in other other children. Right, right, and right. And so I've always kept record of my in um, situations that I have been involved in, how mm-hmm. I reacted, mm-hmm. uh, what I've learned. Did from you it. did you do any journaling in your life? Not particularly. Mm-hmm. Just I spent a lot of time reading uh, alone and writing and and doing uh, stuff on my own. Okay. In terms of just so uh, when you decided, document. I I mean, what what was the process? Did you say I am going? Let's say June first, um, two thousand fifteen. Did you say to yourself? I want to write a book, and then how long did it take you to? I mean, you know, yeah. to to write it from that point on. Okay. When did you decide to write this book? Okay, that's let's see, that's a good question because uh, I think this is it's really relative. You know, I think the decision came after I started to look at all the years I've been on this earth, all the things I've been through, uh-huh. and I said, man, you know, I should write a book. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I really should. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's kind of what what motivated me because okay. I, I like to consider myself. Very, uh, uh, I call them a, a master of diplomacy mm-hmm. because because of situations I've been in and I've had many conflict resolution situations where I've been able to sit down with people and solve things right very right. quickly and, and amicably you know mm-hmm. so I feel that's one of my one of my gifts that I've had to be able to engage in this human experience so that's why I wanted to just share my experiences and mm-hmm. write down what I've learned what I've realized my theories and hope that these theories can maybe enlighten and, and right you know, uh, turn some lights on some people mm-hmm. in terms of looking at things from another perspective. Right. You know? So you said you were doing some rewrites now. Yes. Et cetera. And um, <clears throat> so with that, in with that, when, when do you think it'll be c- completed for a new edition to be printed? I believe, let's see, it should be available on Kindle, uh, Amazon by Monday. Let's okay. say today is... Uh, Friday, Friday. Mm-hmm. I would say the earliest Monday okay. within that week. All right, good. Because uh, yeah, it takes uh, it takes time for updates to mm-hmm. trans- transpose, but 
I mean, basically, you can find maybe an, an initial copy and read some a blur, but this uh, this copy here is more a little bit more refined. Nice. And, and uh, so, um, but I'm looking also to possibly write a sequel to this book. Yes. Um, about diplomacy. Right. Uh, well, I think it also would be good if you could give us. Do you have a website that people can go to? Okay. Yes. You can. You can look at. Uh, you can look, find me on Google. Okay. My, what do you uh, know the name of your website? Well, actually, I don't have a, a actual website. Okay, all right. Right now, I had one before, but it was in Germany. So mm -hmm. uh, this website, I don't have one in America. All right. So this is a European website, but okay. I shut that down to create a new one. All right. But so, but, but I do have. Uh, I'm on Facebook, and mm -hmm. I do have uh, uh, videos and um, projects that you can see on YouTube. So nice. Okay, so there. they should look for Gordon Gatherer, Gatherer. Um, and you're on YouTube yes. and on Facebook. They would find you through your name? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, great. So I'll also post that where I publish this particular podcast on SoundCloud. Oh, okay. um, I'll, I'll be publishing it on the Be Free BK uh, station, which is part of Brick Arts Media. And I will also post it on my personal uh, SoundCloud um, account which is bees best b-e-e-z-e-b-e-s-t so <laughs> so um let me just add one more thing yes. that i just thought about and that is i i believe that you would be a great speaker do you do speaking engagements uh yes i do i have done some in europe all right Actually, i've done some uh, for uh, Young people, schools, colleges. I've mm -hmm. definitely had a few seminars. All right. I've done a few also in in Brooklyn, New York. I used to work for the PAL mm -hmm. many years ago, and I've uh, that's a great organization. Yes, a wonderful organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I basically had a lot of affiliation with different organizations like the Boys Club, the NAACP, yes, Manhattan Negro College Fund, uh, and many other organizations. So, um, you want to give us also your email address so yes. people can get in touch with you? Yes, sure. You can call me up and email me at uh, Gordon Gatherer. At yahoo.de. Okay. And, and, and it's G A T H E R E R. Okay. Yes, yes. All right. Yes. So, and again, I'll post that as well. I want to mm -hmm. thank you so much. Um, your book sounds quite interesting. Um, it's very apropos, especially for the way our lives are today in this society. I think it's something that not only, as I said, adults, but also could be used in the education of young adults, teens, and children. Thank and um, it was a pleasure having you on my show, Gordon. My pleasure too. Thank you so much And for me. best of luck with your, um, with your book. Thank you for listening to the Creative Force Podcast with your host, Beryl. If you liked what you heard, come back and let others know about Creative Force. Until next time, be well, be creative, and enjoy living. You can find us at Brooklyn Free Speech Radio under soundcloud.com slash BK. You can look for us under the hashtag arts and culture and also creative force. Thank you.